0: This is revolting with Steven and Robot on the Cycling Independent episode 32 70's dad.
1: Content warning. We're obligated to tell you before we start that this podcast contemplates both mature and immature themes. You might not like all the words we use or the ideas we bring up. If you're sensitive about these things, maybe this podcast isn't for you. It's okay. We still love you. Or if they aren't If this isn't stuff that you're interested in and you listen anyway, be sure to leave uh, negative comments (laughs) and complain about the stuff that we've brought up. Yeah, do that
0: excellent thing that people do where they complain about us having wasted their time.
1: Mm -hmm. (gasps) It's us here with guns to your heads.
0: I spent the whole hour listening to you idiots and you had nothing to say.
1: (sighs) It's true. I mean, I guess that's the content warning. Like we don't usually we just sort of meander
0: yeah I'm just gonna tell you right from the top we don't have anything to say we're not gonna solve any of your problems. That's another podcast
1: <laughs> or we might i mean I don't know I don't know i uh, guess it if your problems are really uh, like that i don't know simple if you <laughs> your problems are that you you uh you have too much time on your hands and you need to waste it somewhere we we got you if you're if your
0: big problem is trying to figure out whether um pedro delfino or ronnie sandoval should have been skater of the year the answer is yes they both should have problem solved let's
1: move on move on um okay so 70s dads uh i I think this this topic was my idea is that right
0: um, it started because you told a s- story on a previous show about your dad chopping wood and eating a peanut butter sandwich, I
1: think. Um, he burped in my face, not intentionally. <laughs> yeah, but he burped and it was the first time I knew what the inside of a stomach smelled like. And I was just, I was probably like nine or 10, and I was just so, so blown away. And he's very apologetic, but I was just like, holy shit, What? what was that? Um, oh my god! Yeah, you know
0: I enjoyed that story even more the second time because <laughs> somehow you told me that story, and I'm sure I laughed last time. But my takeaway was your dad chops wood and eats peanut butter sandwiches. That was I was like, oh, what's noteworthy here? It's
1: not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it taught me early on that I was like, I could weaponize my own body. Oh yeah, and yeah, then yeah, I yeah. really took it out on this one kid on the school bus. I was like the whole <laughs> thing. I was just burping and blowing it in his face. <laughs> oh, no. Nathan Hauser. Like the following
0: uh, week? Like, you were uh, like
1: No, I don't remember what the timeline was, but it was like a oh. funny thing to do is because I can make myself. I can make myself belch and yes. uh, Nathan Hauser also could make himself belch. And Joey Burns was a little squeeb kid on the bus. I mean, he's, you know, he's fine. We're all friends and stuff. It was just like, for whatever reason, we. We focused our gaseous expulsions on Joey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, 70s, so so
0: you told. Yeah, you told me that story. And I thought about my 70s dad. And I remember I have uh, I remember once um, we had a cedar tree fall down in our driveway. Uh, This is we lived in the Rhode Island in the 70s. And um, I think it might have been related to the blizzard of 78, which doesn't mean anything to you if you're on the West Coast. But but if you're on the East Coast, it's like the winter storm reference of all time. But anyway, this tree fell down and I was out there, you know, helping uh, him uh, cut the tree up.
1: Air quotes. And I was eating helping, I, by the way, for people. Who, well, people can't see you. You say you were helping and you were air quoting around. Helping, oh, I was air quoting. That's yeah. People can't <laughs> that's see a good you catch.
0: Yeah, I was helping. I was I was probably six. So I was like climbing all over the tree while he went at it with a saw mm-hmm. and didn't say, look out. This is dangerous because that was 70s. Dad did not recognize danger. But I was eating an apple. I remember dropping it on the ground and and I had only taken like one bite. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. And he was like, what? I was like, now I have to throw it out. He goes, it's not going to kill you. <laughs> to eat, And I looked at it and the truth it. of that dawned on me. I was like, oh. And then I've just eaten food off the ground ever since then. Yeah. That was a pivotal moment for me. Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't remember specifically why is that the, uh, the idea of this crossed my mind. I had dinner with my folks so uh, and a couple of their friends. I guess this is two weeks ago. And, and their fr- my dad was talking about a, a basketball coach of his. Who had come? He was a World War II vet, a retired Marine, and my dad was talking about like, you know, what a tough. He was the toughest son of a bitch, and this and that and the other thing. And I was thinking to myself, like, be that as it may, he needed therapy, you know. And his <laughs> friend was he's a Korean War vet and a retired, uh, uh border patrol undercover. DEA agent. I mean, this guy has seen some shit and he is the, one of the nicest people ever, but neither my dad, like the idea of, of, uh, supporting himself, his mental health. Um, was never, he was never even a concept. Like He never even crossed his mind, you know, and I'm sure being the product of a generation coming back from world war two and you just fucking tough it out. And then our dad's kind of, it was the same thing. I mean, my dad is uh, one of the sweetest men I've ever met. And my mom has always said he's like all of the best qualities of of your dad, you know, you you have. And um, I hope that's true. But I also realize that he's sort of like paralyzingly empathetic. It's sort of like one of his sort of uh, the chinks in his armor Is he just, you know, he internalizes the, the pain of the world. It always has. And, um, it's, uh, it's, it's not, it's not healthy, you know? Um, so I sometimes wonder, they, I suppose the folks of our, the men of our parents' generation, maybe, maybe the whole concept of like toughing it out or walking it off though, that was, he was always very sweet and sensitive to me when I was small and still is very loving. Um, but in generationally, I, I wonder if it wasn't, that wasn't sort of a start of, 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 uh, a greater problem in terms of, ah, fuck sort of furthering this, I don't know what you toxic mas- masculinity or, or, yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah. Or you just you just fucking handle shit. You just don't you don't stew on it. You don't think about it, you don't talk about it, you just run with it.
0: I mean, I think there's a, a strong seam of uh suffer through itness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my dad, who is not with us anymore, um he just endured a lot of pain, both physical and mental. Um, I was just I was talking with my mom yesterday because uh, I have a I have a back injury right now. My dad at the end of his life struggled with um, compression fractures in his spine related to whatever. It doesn't matter. He was in pain constantly. And I was saying how I relate. Uh, I've learned a lot about him in the last couple of weeks of like laying on a heating pad and understanding what constant pain does to your mood and the way you treat people. And she said you know your dad made it to 80 he had no business getting to 80 years old given the that he had parkinson's disease and you know had had a heart attack and uh had this spine problem like he just dragged really he should have been dead at like 75 like if it were me and my mental toughness i'd have been like oh oh i'm tapping out <laughs> that's i'm good and even at the end you know the last couple of years he was like I mean, I'd be better off dead, John, but I don't really know how to get there. And and I like I don't know what you do with that when your dad says something like that to you. But he just was. Tough. In good ways and bad ways, and this is kind of like my idea about this episode about 70s dad is that there was a lot of good. There were a lot of good lessons and messages and a lot of really terrible ideas. Uh. You know, like they were tough to a fault.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that based on based on just this one's anecdotal reference to his basketball b- basketball coach, I I kind of got the idea that it was a generational thing. That was something that was definitely passed on from, you know, the and air quote, greatest generation. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess my parents are baby boomers except they were older than uh the the kids that were born after world war ii um yeah i i don't know i'm not a sociologist either i (laughs) really yeah no i think you are (laughs) (laughs) uh it's 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 wild and to recognize well i don't know to be able to recognize the the deficiencies in some of those lessons now, you know, I don't have another generation to pass it on to, but uh, maybe learning about these things and talking about these things now could potentially help other people who are sort of our same age. Yeah,
0: I, have, I mean, I'm a dad, I have <clears throat> two kids, and I, I see how different I, you know, I'm trying to improve on my dad's work. Which was, I would say, pretty good, given all the the factors. But, like, in the 70s, it was okay for your parents to smack you in the grocery store. hmm Yeah. I definitely got smacked in the grocery store.
1: I don't think I got... I've got... I mean, I get, like, a swat here and there. Um, <laughs> it wasn't, though... It wasn't... It didn't physically hurt, but it was just embarrassing. And I remember, like, feeling... I was really sad because I knew that I disappointed them. Uh-huh. Like, that's what made me cry. That's what, like, I was really carrying. Um, and I get my mom would spank me. I think she uh, she ended up breaking a bunch of blood vessels in her hand. So then she resorted to hitting me with a spoon. Oh, we no. had a a wooden spoon. She'd carry that on road trips, and so when my sister and I were fucking <gasps> around in the back seat, she'd bring the spoon out and just <gasps> <laughs> kind of swing it wildly. I, I uh-huh. don't know, and you know, like as far as like it's not just uh, fathers or or mothers, but it's kind of a general. Like you know, it's like see what's a seatbelt? Like you don't wear seatbelts. You don't. We were right. just kind of feral kids. We just kind of free free range. I think it's called now. Right. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. And I think we kind of turned out okay. In spite of it.
0: Maybe. I Maybe. guess,
1: I guess the real indicator is, is going to be what the next gen, what happens with the next generation provided we actually made it, make it that long, you know, or make it that far. If, if yeah, we can, in the next generation or two, I don't have a, a great deal of optimism for the world at large. Right. And I've joked <clears throat> often that I loved my kids enough not to bring them into the world in the first place, <laughs> which is met with uh generally just uh, people will just walk away from me when I say that, especially if they have kids. Oh. Yeah.
0: I mean, I have kids and I appreciate everyone who didn't have them. Yeah. I have a lot of friends. There's a lot of people in the bike industry Um, Oh, look, look at, listen up everyone. It's, um, bike content, bicycle
1: rate related reference. (laughs) Yeah. Here we go Bike stuff.
0: Um, there's a lot of people in the bike industry who don't have kids, um, by choice. Um, and part of that I think is their love of their own independence. Mm -hmm. And the other part of it is you can't make enough money in the bike industry to raise a family. That's true. Um, but I mean, I think there's too many humans on the planet Earth, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm grateful for everyone who just, like, said, no, I'll take a pass on this. I, I didn't. I had kids. Uh, I, it was sort of a selfish thing to do. I wanted to have the experience of it, which is uh, feels really crappy to admit. Like, the reason I said to my wife that I thought we should have kids is because, you know... I want to I want to have the full experience of life and that's part of it. And which is just to say it out loud now it feels so asinine. Well, I love my you, kids very much. You can't but, put them back. No, you can't put them that's back. Sure. And it has been a great experience. And actually what kids do uh positively for you is they move you forcibly out of the center of your life. Do
1: yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I I guess I wasn't I wasn't ready for that. There were two things. I kind of relate them similarly. Uh, I I wanted to have kids because I wanted to see how my parents would be with babies. Like I want my parents to be just wicked, cool grandparents. Similarly, I want to go to graduate school so I can periodically drop the fact that I have a master's degree in Conversation. Both things I don't think are reason enough to a have kids b yeah. put myself in $45,000 of debt, you know, so I can finish my education
0: and then that I'll be seems... broke
1: and in debt and I'll have a master's in fine art instead of a bachelor's in fine art, which is even uh, as, as worthless I'm going to yeah. say so. Just yeah,
0: as worthless. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Neither reason I thought was was worthy.
0: <laughs> that seems very rational.
1: That seems irrational. <laughs> Sometimes I make good decisions.
0: And I don't know what happens generation Generationally, like I know that my dad was hard on me in ways, again, that were both good and bad. And I know that his dad was harder on him in ways that were mostly bad i think yeah like his dad was like i'm never going to tell you i love you and that i'm proud of you and i'm going to work you like uh i'm just going to work your fingers to the bone i'm just like my dad grew up on a farm he had to like you know there was never a question of i think my dad's uh owes his existence to the fact that he could be useful labor
1: uh, well, isn't that kind of a kind of why a lot of people had kids then? Sure. I mean, sure. I joke that so, my parents had kids, so they'd have somebody to shovel the snow and stack right. the wood. But I think they had me for other reasons, too.
0: Yeah, I think mine did as well. So but I think like then,
1: we're not so much.
0: Right. So we're like the generation that wasn't uh expect you to contribute. And, you know, like my parents both grew up poor. And and made themselves middle class by virtue of their work and basically delivered me to that as well, like they were like, here, go to go to college, we'll pay for it. And, you know, then you can just have what comes out of that. So like the whole paradigm uh, has shifted. And then, you know, with my kids, you know, there's just a lot of assumptions made about what their opportunities are going to be and then also you know the the vibe around how you raise them there's a lot more encouragement uh of children now and it, a lot less criticism
1: well which may be good i don't i don't it's I, I look at you know the only thing i know about contemporary parenting at large is what i see either through my friends who have kids or on the internet, you know, like we use, there's constant stories about everybody being a winner. I think mm. preschool graduation is fucking stupid. Like being graduating from high school and having all of the fanfare surrounding that—that that was huge for me because I not yeah. only was a I nice—I wasn't supposed to be graduating. Likely, I wasn't even supposed to be alive. Like I. It getting out of getting out of school was a huge achievement for me. Yep. And if I'd had a preschool graduation and a first grade graduation and a second grade graduation and so on, it would have taken a lot of the punch out. It's just sort of like everybody gets a trophy sort of a thing. Like, great. You what what the fuck is that? Is that a cash grab? Like, because you got to rent the robes and all this other stuff. Like, what are you graduating (laughs) from? What did you achieve? Yeah. You haven't fucking done anything. You're six. <laughs> and so that kind of. That, I want you that's to be ind- the commencement speaker. <laughs> <laughs> that's indicative of a whole other <laughs> level, a whole other set of, of sort of societal issues. Um, but that's our generation implementing <laughs> that shit, you know? And so. Yeah, Have know, we absolutely. gone all the way to the other side of the spectrum? Like maybe we feel like we weren't encouraged enough. So now the next generation Every fucking thing you do, you get a trophy. Yeah, is that's well, us think, though? We did that, and I mean, I didn't do that, but our generation has done that. It seems like I
0: think that's I think that's true, and I do I think it's reactive, right? It's like, well, I didn't get enough love growing up, and so now I'm going to give all the love, and and you know, to be honest, like with my kids, my strategy with my kids is uh, make sure they know I love them, um, make sure they know how to do work. And then the rest is up to them.
1: Um, So that's 70s dad right there. That's great. I mean,
0: I think it's okay. Like, my dad didn't really work that hard on letting me know he loved me. I think in retrospect, like when he got old, old, he was like, oh, shit, I fucked that up. And then he put some energy into it. Um, So I do think it helps kids to know, like, their parents love them and aren't just like the cops, because definitely in the 70s, I felt like living with at home was like living with a, a couple of cops <laughs> <laughs> and it was definitely a good cop, bad cop situation. Yeah. um, You know, like your dad would my dad would like yell at me or smack me and my mom would like let the sting kind of go out and then she'd give me a hug and like, it's OK, have some soup because that's, that was a great reward. And that's, in the that's very
1: um, it's almost stereotypical. Like yeah. the dad is the enforcer. The mom is the nurturer. I remember telling my dad, because my mom, she uh, she took a few years off from teaching to raise my sister and me. And uh, we, we were back in this little shed, little work shed that my dad built. And I remember telling him that I liked him more than I liked mom. i was really little and he's like oh come on you don't mean that because he got to have all the fun stuff like yeah yeah my sister and i'd be fucking around all day and my mom would be like you know she would have to be the enforcer she she was the the disciplinarian and when we'd screw up she was the one that would write us about it and then dad would come home and it was all playtime and fun and you know yeah like i associated i associated playing and and fun and love and nurturing, like, uh, un uh, unabashed, friendly, fun, happy love with him. Yeah. And then I, 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 I thought, you know, I was, like, getting scolded and spanked and stuff because I was fucking around. I mean, let's be honest.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, for all of the stuff that I, I feel my parents, however it was that they were with me, I earned... I earned it all, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I, we, we talk about like our par- parents, uh, maybe hitting us or maybe saying things to us that weren't, were not, um, wouldn't stack up today, maybe. But I think, uh, like my parent, I don't feel like my parents were ever abusive to me. Right. Like, bad behavior got bad consequences mm-hmm. and good behavior. I mean, I think if there's one criticism I have, my parents is that sometimes good behavior got nothing at all. Just like, yeah, that's right. That's what you're supposed to do. And that's it. But that's whatever. I made it this far. My parents um,
1: were very, they were very realistically pessimistic. Uh, yep. It, it, you know, that was one thing. They were very, uh, maybe pragmatic is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Like, I was already a total pessimist. I was already... Um, really uh, dubious of my own abilities and so when I would you know I would I remember coming in and telling my folks I was like I want to go to college this is the college I want to go to and my mom said well you know you th- they that's they have a practice because it's an accredited school you're going to have to do general education as well and immediately I was just like oh, can't I can't do that <laughs> I can't do it. I'm terrible at fucking school. I'm terrible in classes. I can make art, but I can't do anything else. And I was just like, Oh, that's it. And I'm that's looking
0: all- for a school that just wants me to draw pictures of dicks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's all it took. Like that, it, it, this the switch flipped, you know, and, and then yep. the slowly I was able to uh, kind of pull myself back out of it. But, and that's not, that's n- no fault of theirs. That's just, You know, that was me being totally, uh, uh, not, not even self-effacing, but just, I just, I was just troubled. I don't know. They encouraged Uh, me endlessly too, you know, but I just, I just didn't feel like I could do anything right. That's, that's me, you know, there's nothing they could have done.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I have a similar (laughs) take, you know, I, I started feeling depressed about life when I was like eight <laughs> and I don't like, I I don't know if that's biological or what that is, but it did definitely colored my view of the world and, and my ability to thrive in it. Yeah. You know, if you were like, if you were, if I applied to a college and they were like, you didn't get in, I'd be like, yeah.
1: Saw that yeah, coming. Know. Why yep. did, why did I even bother? Yeah. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. <laughs> I have a look at me. I wouldn't want me in my college either.
0: No, no, they've got, they've got their rep to think about.
1: I have to share a story that doesn't have anything to do with any of this, only in that it's just kind of like, it's just, kinda, it. It. It's, it's just kind of, I don't know. Go for it. It's just kind of loosely related to to being free range. Oh, hey, it's story time with steve When I was eight or nine years old, my mom and dad bought me my first BMX bike. It was a Penny free spirit. And in time I went on to put some nice accessories and components on it like a tough neck stem and CW bars which just made it sort of the embodiment of putting a nice frame on a shitty painting. One day I was hanging out at the local bike shop which during the winter was a ski shop. It was a little tiny place run by this guy named Andy and one day he gave me a 10-inch long die cut Shimano sticker it was blue and I didn't really know what Shimano was or anything about it but I put it on my top tube and immediately made the bike 150% cooler it was around that time that I probably became a lifelong Shimano guy so in my hometown and folks who might be listening who live in Evergreen uh, there's a Baskin Robbins on Main Street And that used to be a service station. And we had an old, it was like a 67 GMC pickup, like a one ton. Mm -hmm. This thing was a fucking beast. It was like a four speed. We painted it one time with green. We had greenhouse paint left over from this little cabin we lived in. And we painted the truck with the house paint.
0: That's some 70s dad shit right there.
1: Yeah, Go on. Yeah. Um, so this thing was monstrous and uh, bench seat. And no, I don't think there was any seatbelts. You wouldn't need any. You would tear a building down if you accidentally crashed into it. This thing was just monstrous. Anyway, so we pull into the service station, and I, being the, the, uh, rambunctious and feisty little kid that I was was like, I'm going to hide in the back of the truck. And then dad's going (laughs) to get in the cab and say, where, where'd he go? Where's Steve? And then it was, and then we're all going to have a big laugh when I popped up and surprised him. But little did I know he was picking up a spare tire for this truck and I'm (laughs) hiding in the back and dad throws this tire in the back. Okay. So understand these tires weigh 75 (laughs) pounds. Yeah. And it lands right on my face. (laughs) Just fucking, I'm sure that it flattened Uh, my skull, you know, because I was in second grade and my bones were still a little malleable. Yeah. And it, uh, I think he thought he killed me. (laughs) 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 I'm sure, I'm sure he did. And my, and for whatever reason, I would always get fucked up right before school pictures for the first, like. Seven years, eight years, nine years of my life. Every school picture, I had an injury, which, yeah. you know, kind of is like laid the foundation for the rest of my life. But I got hit in the face with a swing yeah. and, uh, yeah. in kindergarten. So I had this big shiner and then I got fucked up some other way. But for my second grade, I guess it was second grade picture. I had a black eye. Yeah, My nose was pretty swollen. And I actually had a tire track a imprint. <laughs> On my forehead, like it bruised in a zigzag pattern across like a cartoon. Uh, And so that's not so much 70s dad shit, but it was just kind of like maybe that's 70s shit. That's just the kind of shit that that happened in the 70s. Maybe I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, maybe. It's so seventies, and I also think it's seventies dad in a way. Because let me ask you this question: this is this is how you know whether it's seventies dad or not. Did you go to the doctor? No. There it is. (laughs) There it is, right there. Because I'll tell you, twenty twenty dad, dad, or twenty twenties, or whatever modern dad has to go to the emergency room for everything.
1: You'd get an MRI. I should have probably should have gotten an MRI, but
0: didn't exist then. Oh. Didn't exist.
1: An x-ray. Yeah. They yeah. probably
0: should have had someone shine a flashlight in your eyes to make, sure, make that
1: sure. Both my eyes something. were dilating at the same rate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. I didn't, i go to the emergency room book. a couple of times for some other things. I got swarmed by yellow jackets and they weren't sure if <laughs> I was going to suffocate because I had <clears throat> really bad uh, reactions to mosquito bites so they weren't sure if I was going to have the same kind of uh, yeah. What what's the term some kind of going to shock
0: anaphylactic, um, shock. anaphylactic
1: shock so yeah. there was there was that and uh I brought I did I broke my wrist when I was in ninth grade and it was like well can you move your fingers and I said yeah and they said oh, it's not broken you know and then six months later lo and behold Oh, I no, finally no. got an x-ray and the doctor is like, Yeah, your shit's been broken for months. Oh. Uh, so
0: Yeah, there's a bunch of stories like that. Like I broke my arm once and it was like it was bent. Yeah, I think I was a junior in high school and I had to go. I That's a long, silly story. That's not 70s related. But my dad, um I told you he grew up on a farm and they put one they were putting a new slate roof on the farmhouse and uh it started to rain and my grandfather didn't want rain to get in the seams. So he sent two of my uncles who were probably like eight and 10 at the time up, up to the roof with a tarp. And he was like, spread this out. And uh so they, they, they made it up the ladder and they get on the roof. And uh one of my uncle's starts to push the tarp out and it's slate and it's wet right and he starts to slide and he's slowly sliding and the other uncle is like dad dad what to do and then uh the first uncle just disappears (laughs) off the side of the house face first it breaks both wrists (laughs) and they didn't they didn't um i mean broken and my grandfather was like Ah, uh, you'll be all right. And left him. They didn't go to the doctor for three days. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, That's d- just one of the stories. That's 40s dad.
1: The idea of like little kids like falling, <laughs> a bunch of little kids <laughs> falling. The roof. It's it's terrible. You know, like a ter- little kids getting hurt. I don't, I don't want that. But just there's something about bodies, the image of bodies falling uncontrollably. I've always <clears> I think it's fucking hilarious.
0: Well, you just told a story about Little Steevil getting a seventy-five pound spare tire through (laughs) on him, and I laughed the whole time. I just find like the 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 misadventures of Little Steevil to be hilarious. That's like a whole that should be a cartoon, (laughs) except like you're grievously wounded
1: at the Uh, end of every one. They were they were good. I I I contend that you know anybody who gets out of the the, that gets past twenty five is is basically invincible for 15 years. Like there's nothing that's going to kill you until you get to 40, 45, and then you got to worry about your prostate or whatever. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of experience with anybody's dad except mine. I, I had, you know, my best friend, this guy, Eric, Our families were really close. My dad, we'd all go. My dad and Eric and and Eric's dad, Gary, we'd always go backpacking together. We grew up going camping a lot, and um, our families were tight. And I remember I was jumping on the bed with his with Stacy, Eric's sister, and Gary came up and yanked me off the bed and spanked me like it was you know because I was fucking around. And they told me Uh, not to. And so (laughs) it was kind of like that was just I think I just told my parents recently that that Gary spanked me and they were like, whoa, we didn't know that, you know. Mm. But
0: if they had known at the time, do you
1: think they would have cared? Because I think in the
0: 70s you could hit anybody's kids.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I don't think so. Because it's like jumping on the bed. You don't jump on the bed and I'm going to keep jumping on the bed and you're going to get spanked. Right. And he stepped on my foot one time. We were at the Denver Zoo and I was stepping on Stacy's foot and she was crying. And then Uh he stepped on my foot and he was like a, I think he was a PE teacher. Yeah. So like he probably had like those little like thigh high Magnum P.I. shorts and like a (coughs) rugby shirt and big ass Adidas like size 12 (coughs) shoes. He stepped on my little foot and then that made me cry. Even it didn't hurt me. But again, it's like I got put in my place and I, and I didn't, I didn't like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's it's what
0: terrifying to be terrified by older, terrifying people.
1: Yeah. I guess that was, I don't know. So those, that's the experience that I have, you know, with my, with my parents and their close friends is, is everybody's just kind of like supported me when it was worthy of being supported. Plus a lot of their friends were, uh, coworkers. So they were all teachers. So I'd see them during uh, yeah. this school day and then I'd see him up getting drunk on the weekends and throwing horseshoes and stuff.
0: That was a caring. Well, that was the other thing, right? I mean, in the, in the 70s, you were just like, I, I don't know if school teachers get drunk and play horseshoes now, but I, I think like in the 70s, you could do that because there was no social media. <laughs> now I'm sure that like teachers are like, <laughs> no pictures of me with a beer. Oh, don't let that happen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I didn't. I didn't think of that. Um, Yeah. I didn't think of that. Maybe. I don't know. I was, I was kind of like everybody's kid though. Cause either I'm your teacher and you're disciplining me at school or you're not going to discipline me on the weekends, but you're drunk yeah. with my parents and all of their friends. And so nobody fucking cares, right? We're all just like partying oh. together.
0: Yeah. I have this experience with other people, other dads, uh, because my kids have played a lot of sports. So you meet a lot of, other sports kids, dads, and I coached soccer because I'm, I grew up playing soccer and I'm a soccer guy. And, um, it's funny because in, when you grow up in Alabama, playing soccer is like the punk rock sport. Right. Um, because no one does it. Right. And then you, now it's like the, it's, it's like everyone plays soccer all the time. So I coached a bunch of kids, um, at soccer and soccer is very much a, what I would call a participation sport. Like everyone plays, just everyone, just sign all the kids get signed up. And it doesn't matter if the kid like knows where their left hand is or whether they're like a, a, an athletic prodigy. Right. So you get this real crazy mix of kids, uh, which is hilarious in a lot of ways. But I, I remember one particular time I was coaching and this kid's dad, uh, this Hungarian guy came around uh, and he's a guy I like. Uh, but he he came over and he pointed at one of the kids and he said. He's made a disparaging comment, he's like, does that kid, he doesn't actually seem to know how to run. And I was like, yeah, he he he's got some challenges like left and then right and then left and then right isn't obvious to him. Like, <laughs> but, you know, there he is, he's doing his thing. And then he just sort of like nods and he looks at me and he says, Every generation is weaker than the one that came before. And then he walked away.
1: Uh, well, <laughs> weak of, being a subjective term, right? Yeah, I mean, oh, I'm going to put that out there because. Yeah. So that's not his strength or that's not that kid's strength.
0: Absolutely. I, I was my immediate reaction was like, that's that's harsh, man. Um, I mean, my immediate reaction was that I laughed. Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest, because I'm not the best. But uh, then I was like, well, that's harsh. But then I also thought, you know, that's not entirely untrue. Right? Like every generation, every successive generation gets more, at least in our country, seems to get more comforts. Yeah. Right? Like if you, there were just, just in medical terms, there were so many fewer medical interventions when we were kids, and so many fewer, like we've talked about it on previous podcasts, just based on the, illnesses i've had in the last three or four months i would be dead like four times if i was my dad <laughs> because it was just the medicine did like you had lyme disease sorry you died oh you got the pandemic you died yeah um
1: take you out to you the pasture. You got diverticulitis yep you died of that sorry take you out to the pasture and put you down
0: <laughs> yeah exactly um so i mean it's true that more of us are making it through darwin's filter than than previously
1: yeah i have appendicitis that probably should have I mean that should have killed me. I shouldn't oh, yeah. I shouldn't be here. If I was you know 40 years older it would have and and then you know and the world wouldn't be any worse or better off. I don't know. It's a, it, it's curious. Can. It's an interesting topic. I don't know if I have that much to say about it. I feel like you know my parents did the best they could with what they had yep. and yep. they were uh, provided with a set of tools, however, inact, uh, uh, in, incomplete uh, by their parents, who were provided with a set of tools, however, incomplete by their parents. And, and yep. you know, we're all just kind of trying to make our way. And what the fuck do I know? Like, I I have a li- limited scope and a limited, limited perspective on the whole thing, and I don't have any kids that I know about. <laughs> waka Walk, waka. So... So fuck it. And it's nine seventeen, and we didn't do music pick of the week. And I guess, okay. In some ways, 70 dad maybe made us tougher, but they did also set the wrong example of what parenting or being a man. We covered it all. We, we,
0: we answered question one and two. Let's cut to the chase. We'll do our music pick and then we'll
1: get to the, would you rather? Okay. Music pick of the week. You said you were kind of, you've been saddled with some back shit. So probably distracted and not. I have one in, Okay, go for it.
0: I have one. My music pick of the week, I'm going out way out on a limb, Is it's country music. Uh, there's a guy named Tyler Childers who is from uh, Kentucky, and, and he plays, he doesn't do that um, sort of pop country bullshit that is on the radio. He makes uh, real songs about... Um, Being addicted to pills and um, snorting cocaine when it's cold outside. Um, And if you go listen to Tyler Childers, especially um, when he's solo acoustic, uh, that's some punk rock shit, in my opinion.
1: Okay, Tyler Childers. I like it. Yeah. Note taken. And I will probably ask you what his name is again uh, in like 15 minutes. Great. Right. Um, I will still remember it
0: then. What's your pick?
1: Similarly, uh, I'm I'm going a little bit out of out of bounds. Like, you know, we talked about this last week. You said you had a friend who was gonna hit hit me with some music uh, preference that I would oh, yeah. be judgmental of. When I think I pride myself on having a reasonably broad taste, and certainly if somebody else has like something that I I don't care for not going to bust your balls about it. Uh, cause you know, uh, God made us all different, right? She certainly did. Sure. Uh, so my, my pick is a German duo. Uh, and you and I've talked about this a little bit, uh, called Milky Chance. Oh Um, yeah. It's a guitarist, singer, guitarist, and he has a DJ. And he's a guy who kind of like makes computer beats and stuff. And, um, it's sort of folky. Electro folk, I think, is what I've seen it referred to as. And I just stumbled across these guys. I mean, this album uh, its called Sad Necessary, I think, and that came out in 2013. But I just stumbled across They're it. They're
0: reasonably well-known, Milky Chance.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, likely. They you are, know, yeah. Certainly not in the circles in which I travel, but, <laughs> right. you know, I just kind of found it on random internet feed. I like that you like it. I'm I think gonna. It's brilliant.
0: I'm gonna tell you I don't like it.
1: That's 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 okay. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, they. Have I appreciate
0: that you appreciate it, and that you appreciate that I don't.
1: I like I like genu. Is this a word? Genuinity. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think so. It's like you can tell these guys they they made it on their own out of nothing. You know, and mm. like it's not contrived. It's not doesn't strike me as manufactured. It's just these dudes came up with the shit that they wanted to. And they sing a song called Colorado. And I believe they reference my hometown in it, but I'm not sure. Oh. So.
0: Well, I buy all your reasons for liking it. I also like Genuinity, which is what attracted me. I don't listen to a ton of country music, but um, it is what attracted me to uh, Tyler Childers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's this sincerity. The sincerity to the, t- to yeah. the craft and yeah. that, you know, like not to say that you know, pop, pop icon X, whatever, isn't genuinely committed to their craft, but it's just, there's just something so ah, man manufactured and, and that's the thing that, 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 that quality is the thing that sort of. Uh, repels me in general. And these guys, it just seems like a couple of kooks. It's no, it's a garage band, you know? Yeah. So
0: I I think that is so true. I, someone, uh, one of my friends, uh, my friend Megna accused me recently of only listening to loud, chaotic music. And I said, no, that's not the case at all. I love music of all types, as long as it's honest. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, she's like, why don't you listen to hip hop? I was like, I mean, hip hop sounds okay, but so much. And I do like some hip hop, but like a lot of it comes across as just like, what are you what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. You're not talking about. And the same is true in country music. Like what?
1: What? I don't think that there's a lot of. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not super well versed in contemporary hip hop, but, you know, like the first Black Sheep album or de la soul or the native tongue, any stuff from the native tongue. Like that stuff was brilliant. Public enemy in uh, 1988 yeah, changed my record. fucking life, you yeah. know? And, yeah. and I saw an interview on with a producer rapper on it ridiculousness. And I don't mm. remember the guy's name, but he said, I was doing like socially engaged, uh, politically active rhymes. And I wasn't, I was, When nobody was fucking paying any attention. So he's like, now I just fucking write rhymes about money and excess and, you know, I'm fucking killing it. So the guy recognized, you know, he, I wouldn't say he sold out, but he recognized that, that is a, uh, people, people, people don't give a shit about sincerity, I guess, you know, in short.
0: Well, part, no one wants to party to a music about the disenfranchised. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, maybe, you know, if you, maybe that's, if it. you're going
0: to make party music, it's got to be, uh, keep it light. I get that. I, but I don't like parties, uh, and I don't really like that kind of music. I, I tend to think like, to me, and this is, this is bullshit, right? What am I about to say? But to me, like Tyler Childers, he plays country music, but it's punk rock. Mm-hmm. The first, you know, uh, na- public enemy, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. That's a punk rock record in my view.
1: Right. And, it's not and, it doesn't necessarily have to be the style of music as much as it is the the the, the depth of the foundation of the message that's trying to be it's the hammer of truth is coming. Uh-huh.
0: If you're going to say something that's true to me, that's punk rock. That's mm-hmm. like I know that is bullshit definition and it's convenient for me or whatever. But I think that like if if music is true, then I'm going to like it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK. Agreed. Yeah. Same page. Same yeah. page. Right, uh, would you rather? Would you rather? <laughs> and this is also a thing that I came up with. I like the, uh, what was it ball? Oh, I like the ball of the do the two ball one. Oh, better. that's coming up. Okay. Don't, okay. don't okay. give okay. that one away. Okay. That's in our next episode. And this isn't a reference to testicles. They're just balls of different size and, of uh, it's in matter. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, would you rather smell the worst thing you've ever smelled? Or taste the worst thing you've ever tasted every day for six months and what were they go oh i'm gonna say
0: i'm gonna mm, it's a hard one you've had some time did, to think about this i did think about it but i i you know the thing is that smell and taste are closely related mm-hmm Maybe smell is easier to externalize than taste because taste is like in your body.
1: (laughs) Well, I I mean, smell is too. You think like you ever accidentally inhaled somebody's fart and you're like, holy shit, that was in you a second ago. And now it's in me.
0: Now I taste pennies.
1: That's that's personal.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to you know what, though? I think taste is also adaptive. Like okay. one of the worst things I ever tasted, I like to eat everything right i'm I'm a very adventurous eater okay. if I go to a place and they they have a thing that I haven't eaten before, I will eat that and my friend uh patty uh <clears throat> gave me brought back she's Mexican she came back from Mexico with these candies that she loved when she was a kid, and they are watermelon flavored candy, but they are coated in chili powder. Mm -hmm. And so, and you know, I, I love that. I love spicy and sweet. I'm down with that, but I put these, I put one in my mouth and it felt like someone had thrown a tear gas grenade in my mouth. (laughs) Like suddenly I'm salivating out of control and my eyes are watering and I'm like, I can't swallow all of this, the, the, whatever's happening in my mouth. So I'm luckily I was outside, so I'm spitting, but I'm, I'm really dedicated to it. Right. (laughs) I'm like, don't spit this out. Like it's going to come good. You got to believe. And I suffered with it for a couple minutes until just the sweet stuff started to happen. And I was like, oh, I can't. And I spit it out.
1: Mm. How many um, canker sores did you wind up with as a result of that experience?
0: Uh none.
1: Oh, huh, okay.
0: None. And but here's my point. <clears throat> um I think that I could learn to enjoy that. I think I could, because right. my I have the experience of eating food like you eat it one time and you're like, ooh. Yeah. Uh but then you think, ah, later it kind of comes around. Like I could mature into that. Whereas I think smells. I don't think you come around on smells.
1: Okay. So and
0: I'm trying to think what the worst thing I've ever smelled is.
1: Or it might have been. Or, but, or you ta- know, like my uncle's. What's that? The candy is not the worst thing you've ever tasted, though.
0: Um. Probably not. I can't think what it would be, though.
1: Well, I'll give you I a second to if, stew on this and I'll give you mine. Yeah. Uh, give it worst thing I ever smelled was, and this is uh this is all about timing too, right? It's not the worst smell that exists, but I was in my friend Sam's basement where we did a lot of partying in high school and I was, I was blindingly hung over like maybe one of my first hangovers. So this is a brand new experience. Like I feel sick to my stomach, my head hurts, my body aches, like,
0: hmm.
1: I don't ever want to experience this again. It might have been the first time I ever said I'm never drinking again. (laughs) (laughs) So you see how well that stuck. Yeah. Uh, But I picked up a can of Schaefer. It was a Schaefer's beer can. It was a bunch of cigarettes in it. And for whatever reason, I guess I was smell. I don't know why I smelled it, but it was stale beer and cigarettes (sighs) in the midst of a fucking biblical hangover. That's what the
0: scented candles in hell smell like.
1: I Uh, just, my mouth started watering as I was describing it. And also I kind of like barfed into my mouth a tiny bit. So that's what you just heard. Just now. Yeah. That might, that's one. And then the worst thing I ever tasted, I I mean, it has to be vomit. You know,
0: vomit's bad.
1: Vomit is really bad, but I had a flu. (laughs) I guess I had the flu of a few years ago. I did a cross race and I wasn't feeling super well. And then I came home. And watched some end of the world movie starring Nicolas Cage and ate some split pea soup and a provolone grilled provolone sandwich. Oh, my God. Which I promptly barfed up. And that might be, I got a photo of it. I even, you know, I thought I had, <laughs> I took a picture of me barfing. That might be the worst thing I ever tasted. So between the Schaefer's, stale beer, Schaefer's, oh, yeah. uh, stale Schaefer's cigarette, a hangover smell, and the barf. Um. Every
0: <laughs> day for six months.
1: I get. I'm gonna go with the beer, with the cigarette beer the combo. Smell. Yeah, because yeah. eventually, you know, I think eventually you you just become accustomed to it. People who work at sewage treatment plants, or you know, I worked at a coffee shop forever, and I and we sold beans and stuff, and I eventually didn't really smell the coffee anymore. So, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the smell. Yeah. Okay.
0: I'm gonna go with the smell. I think like there's some dead things. Uh, my old dog oh, definitely fuck. rolled in some stuff that was like very gag inducing
1: yeah and i got skunked far, once That's dead stuff is far worse for dead sure. stuff is bad yeah yeah i also
0: got skunked once <clears throat> uh with that dog i was taking the garbage out one night and i came around the corner of the house and there was a skunk there and the dog was right next to me and i knew that he would go for the, the skunk and i was like i did that like slow motion no, and the dog went straight for the skunk and i it was all just crystal clear the skunk turned around and its tail went up and i actually felt the um jet of stink
1: hit us that stuff is spectacular wait so are you you, are you picking smell
0: i'm picking smell
1: skunk but 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 or now Jesus. we're just swapping stories about bad things we smelled. Like what is what's what's the thing that you're going to smell for 6 months?
0: <sighs> yeah, that skunk smell is so I'm going to pick the taste one. Oh, I can't believe this. This would you this one really
1: sucks. Right? Have you ever no... Has a cat ever sprayed you? Not with a pee, but they have anal sacs and w- no. and they they can shoot like a skunk. No. I got I got sh- fuck. Okay. Okay, that's the worst thing I've ever smelled. I take that back. Cat anal sac spray. That's the worst and thing I've ever smelled.
0: My dog does that. My my current dog I has that. And it's atrocious. That.
1: They can do it. Ugh. They get impacted and they have to get... Okay, whatever. I'm, gonna, I'm still going to go with smell because I fucking can't handle barf taste. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with smell over taste. All right. Ugh. Well,
1: nice work. God. And that puts us at nine minutes. I mean, one hour and 32. No, that puts us at one hour, two minutes. I am. We'll wrap it up then. Good with the numbers. Uh, thanks for listening to revolting. <laughs> if you have questions for us or topics you want us to pontificate on, email me lunch now. It's Steve at cyclingindependent.com. Richard reminds me, I should check that email address at some point. If you like this or any of the other fun stuff you find on the cycling independent, please share it with a friend. It's the only way to keep this party going. Uh, so as always, Thank you for your time and consideration on these matters. Thank you, Robot.
0: Thanks, Steve. Uh, for
1: the Cycling Independent, I'm Steve. And I'm a Robot. Don't forget to suck Don't it.
0: forget to hug the ones you
1: love. Don't forget to hug it.